Yeah, we forgot about um talking about the theme song in last episode. Yeah, we also forgot Talison Jaffe, I think his name is, and that's Percy's voice actor, and I very much apologize because Percy is one of my favorite characters, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, you knew the rest of them by name, so I don't know his by name. I, 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 it's a weird name. His name is Talison. Oh, that's nice. His parents must be really proud. <laughs> okay, so what we're starting with addendums. Aren't you going to do like the intro? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is called How to Write Realistic Relationships and Why Vox Machina's Characters Feel Real. So in a show with a main cast filled with one actual human and the rest being humanoid mythical creatures, why do these characters feel like so realistic? Because of good writing. <laughs> oh, end of episode. Okay, we can go. <laughs> also, we're in the same room right now, so if there's an echo, we apologize in advance. Yeah. We got some new audio, though. We have higher quality. You can hear everything I say now. <laughs> it doesn't sound like she's calling in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the phone of friend. Yeah, she has an actual microphone now, so hold on, let's get to... Okay, um, last night, um, because I had coffee before I went to bed, I was thinking about, uh, random things. You had coffee before you went to bed? It tastes good, and I didn't have any snacks. <laughs> I didn't have any snacks. Hey, it would have been that or I ate five Oreos. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's get to it. Um, so I wrote this uh, paragraph about Percy and Vex, so that became the... So then we started snowballing ideas about the characters and why we love them so much, but this is, um, I'm going to read my rant about Percy and Vex. This is a character discussion episode, by the way. It's all the different character dynamics, or at least notable ones. Because otherwise, we would have 49 bullet points. Yeah. The script is long already. Yeah. So, after thinking a lot about Vexen during Kith and Kin, and some of the things she said and did during the season season one, I'm starting to understand Percy's appeal to Vex on an emotional level. Obviously, we know she's very sexy. Um, he's her intellectual rival in different and similar ways. Percy never asks her to change or be more ladylike, which happens to her a lot in the book. Men, especially noblemen, see her as a sex object and want her to conform to that, not appreciating everything else she has to offer. Vex feels comfortable with Percy, like she doesn't have to walk on eggshells as she did during her childhood. Vex is also a people pleaser, surprisingly, but if you read between the lines, because of her father, because of the trauma her from her father, it was shown in the show that if you push her far enough or she feels inferior to you or insecure, she'll do anything for approval. But she knows that Percy sees her as an equal. Also because he was possessed, also because he was possessed when they met and he's a dork, he didn't really reciprocate her advances as heavily, so she enjoyed teasing him, unlike when she would normally tease someone, they would think that they're, they were getting in her pants. And now that the curse has been broken, she can see that Percy is capable of articulating genuine affection and admiration, which had only been given to her by her brother for a very long period of her life, which means everything to Vex. 
So yeah, that's the thought I had at 11 o'clock before I went to bed. <laughs> Shower thoughts would kill you. <laughs> yeah. I had to write it down before I forgot because I knew I would have forgotten it. If I didn't so I thought that was a really good point and it created this whole idea. And um, I would like to talk about it. So obviously the, not just Vex and Percy and... Um, that like not their relationship isn't just romantic i guess you could say like there's a genuine um they have respect for each other and they yeah. see each other both as leaders yeah so i think what's a good thing to talk about in regards to their relationship is like Cause like I didn't know that about the book where she's like, treat start treated so poorly and like, forced to be more ladylike. So um. Well, it's not that anyone actually got her to be more ladylike. It's just that they would see her as, oh, this is a very pretty woman. Um, she's mine now, and she can. I I'm gonna try to make her my ideal version of what a good woman looks like. Or, like, she looks like a good woman, but she's not. So I'm going to make her, try to, like, make her, like, wifey. Like, you know, like, medieval wifey. <laughs> oh God. Don't even. She um, hates that word. Yeah, I hate that word. <laughs> she doesn't um, like, I like wifey better than I like hubby. That's still gross. It makes, it's so, it's so heterosexual. <laughs> you want to call wifey wifey? Uh, no, I would never call my wife wifey. That just sounds gross. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> the future. I wanted to discuss the future image. Spoiler alert for the last. One of the last episodes of season two. But there's No, it was the last episode. Sorry. It was the last episode? Yes. Okay, so. I did a whole video essay that I couldn't post because they mentioned Dick and cock too much <laughs> but um notice that like obviously my basically my theory on that image is that it's their wedding okay that's an image that is their wedding and i am so happy for them and i just want to talk like how their relationship progressed because according to the 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 um, original twitch streams they actually get eloped separate privately and, and then they had a full wedding. Yeah. So it's... I enjoy the relationship. I think it's my favorite relationship dynamic in the show. Because they're not teasing us. Yeah, they're not teasing us. They're just like, okay, they like each other. This is what's going on, and that's it. I mean, he basically proposed to her. Yeah. Without her consent. Without her consent. Oh, poor Vax's consent, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be real. She only wants Vax's consent. That's the only her dad is a piece of shit. Yes. And okay. somehow that mate that uh, douchebag has very beautiful children. Very amazing children he does not deserve. Okay, but this isn't about him. So I think the most interesting talking point is Vex and Vax's relationship because we're twins and they're twins and I think that personally they have the best twin relationship I've ever seen in media since Dipper and Mabel from Gravity Falls. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're not just like clones 
like how most twins are portrayed in media. They are separate people with different styles, personalities, hopes, desires, and goals. But they still have that very intense bond that like nothing can separate. They have they both like even though they don't speak it out loud, even though that they argue, they still have. You could tell they have such an, especially in season two, that they have such an intense relationship and bond. Like they were on their own since they were 15 yeah and then i don't know how old they were when they joined vox machina but they were at least 21 when they still weren't in vox machina so they were on their own there was them against the world um and can i say i ugly cried watching the the third episode of the second season like i was so upset with the things that vex did to him when they were little like, like she said, I don't need you. Oh my god! And him crying. Like you could feel how, even though obviously Liam O'Brien's a great actor, you could tell how real it felt. And yeah. then also listening, getting to uh, hear more about their relationship as they got older in the book, it was just delightful. Like they have a great relationship and dynamic, and it feels real to someone who knows what that's like. Yeah, I think they have the best. Um, sibling relationship I've seen portrayed in media. Definitely in adult media, for sure. Oh, yeah. And um, it's showing, it's like the difference between Dipper and Mabel is that it's showing like that you could still have this intense, beautiful relationship even as an adult. The line that they say is like, don't go far from me is really powerful and it hurts. Oh, I didn't, yeah. okay, when, when, when spoilers, but when 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 Vex died, I didn't react the way I should. I was more emotional rewatching it. Oh yeah, I, I was so sorry. I was so angry. I kept looking at her because I was crying and she looked like a wall. I was like, "Where where's your emotions, woman?" I was just like, I was so shocked that they actually did it that I was just like, "Oh shit." But then when I watched it again, I started crying. And I was just like, oh, my sister died. I don't know what I do. But, like, Vex made the decision that every twin would make for their twin. Vax. Sorry. I get their names confused because they're very similar. That is the only stereotype they have. Yeah, that season season one, I for, like, half of it, I was still confused. <laughs> First time. I listened, I watched it because they even trick you when they're in, when they're like introducing themselves. Oh, yeah, because he's like, she's like, um, they introduce each other, so it's like they confuse you. They're just like, she's Vex, he's Vex. Oh, and the audiobook it's super confusing because yeah. obviously it's one letter off and it's also an X, which makes it just double. I know that's why ears. I get. You. Also, what's with Vox Machina and the V names? I've never seen so many different, even though they're all fake. It's still, I've never seen so many, especially in one family. Like I always like the Max name Vex. Ballora. I always like the name Vex. Um, Vexalia. So yeah, that's why they have my favorite twin relationship I've ever seen in media. Because it's like, it shows that they can still, like, that's why I also... I like that you compared it to Gravity Falls because it's like it shows that they can still genuinely care about each other and still have a strong relationship, even though they give each other shit. And um, they do make some wrong moves with each other, specifically Vex to Vax, but we'll get to that later when we talk about Vex and Keyleth. Um, that 
they still genuinely care about each other and it's like very it's just a nice dynamic and that they you know that they would do anything for each other they would do anything for each other before they do anything for the rest of the group yeah oh and um in the book vax calls trinket his nephew which i think is adorable it's literally like in the first episode literally keelis is like vex and vax only care about each other like they only care about themselves and that's a very accurate statement to them in the beginning of the season like before you see any of the other character dynamics it's just like oh they only care about themselves also in the first episode where they say i got him at the same time it's very funny and realistic because in the bar fight they both like go for the same guy and he's like i had him oh yeah that was a good scene that whole scene was perfect, but yeah, that was fun. Even though it was like, oh boy, they're gonna go back to siblings, the twin stereotypes. But it was, it's just, it was fun. Okay, this is a nice segue to Vax and Keyleth with your, with your mention of how Vax treats him sometimes. So they have obviously the romantic relationship, one of uh, three relation romantic relationships in the show. But they're and- the most frustrating, so we care about them the most. <laughs> no it's so frustrating because they're clearly pointing at them the most because like especially percy, in the first season percy and vex and then scanlan and and pike are kind of a sideline in the background but they are just like notice that they love each other <laughs> and i was still somehow oblivious yeah, Joey was oblivious. Too. I was like, "Look at that rock. That's a beautiful looking rock." <laughs> Look at that mountain. Look at that background. Not focusing on the dialogue. I picked it up immediately. I was like, "They, they." Because I thought movie. he was gay, and that scene with Gilmore just like reinforced that in my brain. I was just like, "He's just a nice guy. <laughs> he's a bisexual <laughs> icon." Yes, he's a Viking, and we love. That. So they have a will they won't they relationship, which is very frustrating, and it's also will they won't they because of Vex. No, but okay, I'd say it's half Vex's fault, half Keyleth's fault, because Keyleth is very shy and insecure, and she thinks that he was he's can't handle her being royalty and the Armente and stuff and being immortal which problem solved thank you raven queen that's the only thing you did good in this whole show <laughs> but anyways um, doesn't care. yeah so um yeah so keyless is very shy that's always been part of her character ava like was like annoyed at first and i was like you know that's always been part of her character and she's like okay um but and- like I just think that, like, so the most painful scenes of Will They Won't They with them have to be when he, when, when, uh, when, Ve- when Vax says, I love you. No, he oh, doesn't say, I love you. He says, I'm in love with you. And you he's know like, I'm in love with you. You know I'm in love with you, right? And then she rejects him as they're about to kiss. And then the second scene, which is season one and season two. So season two, when she asked him to dance, and now it's her initiating stuff. Because she got some she, liquid he courage. Her because he's in a trauma land. Ha! Ah, the Raven Queen. Biggest cock block in this whole show. <laughs> 
I was literally saying RIP season one Vax the whole time because it literally was like even before the Raven Queen, he was just so sad and like down in the dumps, especially since he who will not be named was in the first three episodes or two, two, four and five. We don't like Cash. Cash is banned in this house. We skip over. I was literally watching the, the. I was literally watching episodes one, two, and three earlier today, and I literally skipped every time he was on screen because I just can't. I'm just like Bleh. virtual, like visceral reaction. Um, so should we move back Vex and Keyleth on in the lineup because we're talking about? Okay, sure. We're talking about only one thing. I'll move it. We have a list. Okay, so yeah, we have a list of talking points because they, otherwise we'd be scrambling and not knowing who we talked about and who we didn't. Okay, yeah. so and even with the list, we forgot about people, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we weren't we weren't gonna do forty nine combinations, Julia. There's seven characters. <laughs> I don't know. How, I should put like numbers. See how many. Okay, continue. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud. Okay, so. Keyleth and Vex. Vex gives Keyleth a lot of shit, especially in the first season. Um, It's the conflict between wanting Vex to herself, but then eventually she does realize that Keyleth is just as important to him as Percy is to her, which makes her no longer a hypocrite, but she was mainly a hypocrite for most of the series. Do you have, like, an effect where it's, like, the children saying yay? With, like... No, I... I've tried to look for that in the. I tried to put that in my video, but I couldn't find it. That like, <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking about, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah, she finally gets over it at like episode ten of twelve in season two, but um, I totally get where she's coming from because if it's if they're going with the same backstory of the graphic novels, it was her and Vex, and then Keyleth just showed up. And they f- they found her while they she was they were exploring, and I would hate her too if I was vexed because I was like ha- with my brother for however many years, definitely over five, by myself. And then this girl, this redhead, shows up, batting her eyes at my brother, and my brother is all over it. And then I'm the third wheel, which is not fair because. I've obviously been with my brother since the beginning, and it's us against the world, so how dare this woman show up? But anyways, yeah, that's I could totally understand why she hated her. But she... So she took a lot of her anger out on her and Vax, to be honest. Um, and she would uh, make comments on her. Um, I wish pers- someone else called her out on it, because... I mean, I wish Percy called her out on that bullshit. He was too focused on his own bullshit at the time. Well, even later, because, like, clearly, like, throughout the season, they build up the Percy and, and Vex relationship. So but she like, wasn't being as antagonistic the second season. It's just like, I don't know. They just, like, it's like, oh, brother, you're not allowed to date, but I'm going to flirt with this guy. Yeah, but, like, so... Anyways, they become friends, and the the I was rewatching. Yeah, so I would hate her too. But and then in the in the tenth, I believe it's the tenth episode of the second season. Um, and she basically gives Keyleth her blessing, um, to 
that that she she knows that they love each other and that he cares about her even though that's very hard for her to give keyless the green light because she doesn't want to lose him she realizes that it's good for him to have another person to express feelings towards and like since he's been so dragged down by the raven queen during the whole season so I feel like that's the main reason why she does it for Vax, not because of Kiki. But obviously their relationship improves over time and they become friends. Yeah, they they do have a genuine friendship later on. Um, So completely, okay. It, I mean, it, it has Keyleth, so it's not completely unrelated character dynamic, but <laughs> Keyleth and Percy. Um, They're funny in my, when I edit videos, because Mm -hmm. they're like the only two characters that acknowledge when the other characters are flirting with each other. (laughs) It's very funny to me. And I especially love, um, I especially love Keyleth's face when she's like acknowledging it. I, I almost peed myself. I was laughing so hard when he pointed that out. I was like, look at Keyleth's face. (laughs) She's like, she's like. Half smirk, half I could totally solve this problem. I just want to see how this goes. I want to see Percy flirt with Vex. Oh my god, it's so funny. And then when you pointed that even Percy gives her the look. Yeah, because he's like, go for it. <laughs> and like, and then when um um when Vex when Vex is talking to Pike about like getting the messages, Keyleth leans over. She's like, so are you gonna talk about it? <laughs> It's very funny. I like their relationship. They're they're the most dialogue I think they have together is in um when they're imprisoned in their house. Oh yeah. And like I think that's the first time like they interact together. But um they're both very like self-aware characters, I think you can say. Well, they well like in the beginning obviously Keyleth is a more open book than Percy and he was still feeling sorry for himself. But like they both have a respect for each other and um they both have they're both nobles. Um they both become they're part of Royal Alliance, unlike Vex and Vax. There's Vex and Vax are nobles, but they're not part of Royal Alliance, so they're the only ones who can get each other on that level. But uh yeah, they have a nice dynamic when they when they're in, on screen together. But yeah, they have a nice uh relationship. Okay, and also Loki, their future uh, siblings in law, so that's also a thing. That's also true. <laughs> Double siblings in laws, because they married both of them. <laughs> <laughs> both like, yeah, I get it. I know you're attracted to them. <laughs> oh what God. is that called when you're double siblings in laws? I don't know, Julia. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Completely unrelated character dynamic. Scanlan and Pike. Scanlan and Pike are the third romantic relationship in the show. And Scanlan is very obvious the whole time. He even asked her to marry him. and Which was adorable. And then she horribly shuts him down. Because she's Pike. She doesn't know how to handle advances. I'm, I'm, she doesn't know how to handle advances until the, like the middle of the second season. <laughs> it's very funny because like they're very much like I mean they're not opposites but like they have very different goals. Yeah. And like Scanlan is a very Their creeds are very different. It, I think it was revealed very hard in the sorry. 
I think it was revealed very hard in the second season that Scanlan's creed is himself. As much as he loves them, obviously deep down in his subconscious, he loves he wants to be with this group forever. But his creed is to himself, where he, Pike's when shit hits the fan, Pike is in front of the group with a shield, and when shit when shit really hits the fan, Scanlan is looking for a way out with his squad, but not for everyone. Yeah, he is very he's. His whole life, he's chosen the selfish option, selfish option, the selfish option. He's never done for others until he started with this group. And um, I uh, I just think that, like, I mean, it's not like Pike isn't a romantic. She did buy that book. My favorite background detail is that that very obvious, like, porn book that she looks at in... Um, in um, Gilmore shop, in Gilmore shop, and then she buys it later off screen, and that's just like the most fa- my favorite background detail. So she's not a uh, she's not not a romantic. She just doesn't like feel the need to be in a relationship. Yeah, whereas Scanlan, we learn that he's like he wants, he yearns for that. He's he puts on a front with all these hedonistic things that he does on his spare time, but like. He wants to be in a real relationship. He wants to find wifey. It's very stop. Because <laughs> when we get looks into his actual, he said, "Marry me." Yeah, but he doesn't say wifey. wifey. That's stupid. No one said wifey yet, except <laughs> you. That's okay. not true. Anyway, <laughs> we're not okay. Stop. <laughs> uh, let me talk. So. There, um, you go into his subconscious in the final, ep- in the one of those last episodes. We see that his true feelings are he wants to have a family. He wants to have grand. He even wants to have grandkids and tell them stories about his adventures. And he loves his friends as like he wants them to be together forever. And um, it's very, it's very like unexpected for the character that's like the sex character in a show it's like you, very, you the, don't expect the comedic uh, um comedic character yeah you think that i'm not that... really if that's the word i was looking for sorry you would think that that character would just be like oh i want to be on my own i want to go from like woman to woman and do whatever but he's the complete opposite he wants He's a so romantic, and we love that. It's very cute, and we we don't get to hear like, obviously we don't get to see Pike's inner Yes, mind. we do. No, we don't get. To no, see I'm talking about. I was. Oh, sorry. I thought you were gonna say something else. Scaling the caregiver. Yeah, we get to see how she feels. Like we don't get to see obviously into her mind, but we get to see that she does appreciate Scaling's softer side and would wish he would show it more, and. She does eventually warm up to him and even flirts back and, like, goes to his dramatic rate nature, which is what happens. And then they're the first characters, the first couples to actually kiss, which is actually quite weird considering they have the least um, screen time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like that change in Pike's mentality. It's showing that how much she cares about him, that she's willing to... She understands that this is not, he's not trying to be gross or like a boy, but like, because he's just trying to, this is just how he shows affection. I was flirting. And I, I really liked when she finally met him at his level and was starting to flirt with him like he does. 
um i thought it was really really cool and cute yeah i agree so too it's just like it's just really cool that that they have this nice character dynamic and um when she finds out that of about us Scanlan's kid she's not like what the fuck she's genuinely giving him advice on how to be a better dad which is really nice even though she could have easily been like you tried to sleep with her you fucking crazy person <laughs> that's a whole other story for another time i don't even I... want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm just gonna say summary of that it's super tense when you know the twist i figured out the twist as soon as kaylee was on screen it's super tense when you know the twist if you don't know the twist it's still really bad to watch because you're like why are you cheating on pike but yeah it's that's and i watched it with dad after knowing the twist it was very 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 fucked up oh yeah it's, i had to actually leave the room like dad i'm not watching this with you <laughs> okay it's a very intense scene that's very well done uh, eh, eh. What do you mean, eh? I, you, obviously, the best scene is where a scene they don't do that, but for a scene <laughs> that had to be made to like help Scanlan's character, it's very good. Yeah, but you're like, uh, yeah, you're. I mean, at least like, okay, at least it didn't kiss. Okay, so let's shift gears and let's talk about Pike and Grog, and they have. We get to see like their origins in a sense and like how they got to meet each other when they were kids and how they became siblings like they're actually they're not friends they're not best friends they're siblings and it's a very cute like story about found family and like how grog finds love and acceptance with pike's family yeah it was a really cute story uh, my favorite image from that story is when um when after she heals him and then he holds um Will hand and uh, Pike's hands as they walk into the forest. I think that's one of the coolest drawings that they've done. Um, I actually started stalking the director of animation on Instagram. She actually liked one of my comments. I feel honored. <laughs> just uh, just got to split that in right yeah, there. I gotta, I gotta mention that. I love her. She's adorable. Um, I understand why. Uh, yeah. It's just she, she loves that too um she points out a lot of the things that i really like too which means i'm not super far off when it comes to like drawing and animation like yeah it was just a really cool i like that scene a lot i i really liked it was a really good part of um grog's arc this season i really like it yeah it's always great it's very cute that like from the first episode like you can tell like they're closer than everybody else like they're on the level of vax and vex closeness and it's like they're very cute because like they always like they would if they could they would go off and do their own thing you know no but i feel like it's it's really nice because it shows like even before season two which shows like where grog strength comes from it shows that he's he's always just super gentle at heart even though he's uh probably has the biggest body count of any of the characters i think i think it's like between him and Vex. I mean, him, yeah, him and Vex. Anyways, but it just shows, like, he's has, he's not uh, racist against the gnomes and, like, he's like, oh, you're small and weak and insignificant like his people taught him to be. Like, he's just sweet. And, like, even, like, the, I know it was for a, the joke, but, like, he literally made, um, 
whatever it's called when you put like the thing around your body and then he put scanlin in and just now you're warm now no he's so funny he's like he's like i like to call my nipples get tingly oh yeah grog has some of the best lines he has some of the best comedic lines in the whole show it's very funny oh, the actor delivers them perfectly yeah he does a great job my favorite grog line is, i think one of his one of my favorite the one that comes to mind is like Scanlan, we were worried sick. Like he delivers that perfectly. If it was not delivered that way, it wouldn't be as funny as it is. Yeah, it's just like, and they love each other so much. He's like, I think one of the reasons why Pike and Scanlan like had an advance in their relationship is because she showed how much she cared about Grog, and like that's her family. So yeah, so it's just like. And, like, you know, when they go off in the party episode, they're just going off drinking together. And then, like, when Pike leaves in season one, they're just, like, he's, like, so upset and sad. Like, he's, like, I'm worried about, not about her, I'm worried about us. Because he knows, even compared to him, he knows that Pike is the strongest and that she'll be okay. Mm-hmm. It's a very sweet relationship. And they have, like, both respect each other incredibly as like not just fighters but as siblings. Also I love every time that he picks up Pike to carry her on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. And like I love their song it's like we're on the fucking road. Yeah. It's very cute. Very cute. We like, didn't write Scanlan and Grog on this list. But like they don't really interact apart from Yes like, they do. They interact more than than Scanlan and Vax. Anyways they're they're more like brothers. I I just think like, cause like Grog is the only one who humors Scanlan because he doesn't know like <laughs> he's dumb because <laughs> he doesn't realize <laughs> that he's being an asshole. I I like I like their relationship. They have some of the best comedic chops. I feel like in the show, they're like a dynamic duo of comedy. Sometimes I think it's so funny when um. Scanlan like saves them all from falling off the cliff with the ass, and yeah. then Grog is just like, "Oh, who left his pair of titties here?" <laughs> I know that was so just, funny. Like adds to the joke. Oh, and then um, in the first season, we was like, "Yep, I'm both confused and aroused." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very funny. Wait, what was that? Called? That was when he was figuring out the spell, the Navash Navan Nahan. Oh, that was so funny. He's like, you tried to touch him. <laughs> and then he was like, hands off the merchandise. <laughs> yeah. Very, very funny. And then obviously Scanlan genuinely cares about Grog because he's like the one who's like trying to help him. Yeah, Grog is like the little brother. The little brother of the little brother. We'll get to that later. Uh, the more that I thought about uh, that relationship, the more I was just like, yep. <laughs> See, and you were gonna leave that off the list. <laughs> okay, next, Pike and Keyleth. Um, it's not like a lot of it, but I just I wrote it down because I could think of a couple scenarios where, like, a- at least in the fourth episode of the first season, where where Pike is like trying to encourage Keyleth to be stronger and to that she because if if keyleth's personality didn't hold her back she'd be a god let's all be honest what can't she do is the oh, if she if she was a cocky character they would never lose anything <laughs> she has not only 
not only I always think I always think the of the show Avatar when I see her, like she not only has Avatar abilities, but she has shape shifting abilities. She has teleportation abilities. Like what the fuck can she do? I literally looked up one time, like what can she turn into? It's a long list. Like we don't even see half of them. She can turn into a shark. She can turn into a shark. Yeah, she can turn into a shark. And then she's only like she doesn't even need a vestige. She doesn't need a vestige. She just needs to complete more of her armente because once she gets that fire power, she turns into a fire beast, which very much reminded me of the season finale of um, the Avatar where he turns oh, into yeah. a giant uh, koi fish. But it's just like, oh my god, that is so powerful and very awesome. And she has spells too, where she can heal and stuff. Yeah, she's completely overpowered. So that their relationship is Pike trying to convince her to come out of her shell. She could turn to Eagle, the tiger... Um, the the fire thing, a bear, a squirrel, a rhino, a scorpion, a shark, a snake. Um, she also has an air form. She has a rock form. She could turn into a rat. She could turn into a squirrel, water form, horse, bat, and a wolf. And she could turn into different sizes of those animals, as we saw with the damn eagle. I was like, what? Like I said, if she was a different character personality, she'd be unstoppable. Oh, yeah. If she was a villain, oh god. <laughs> good thing she's really good. She's an overwhelming good guy. Yeah, she's a good person. Yeah, on the on the D and D alignment chart, I think Pike and Pike and and Keyleth have the closest morals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, now we're gonna switch gears and we're gonna go to Vaxing Grog. And the best, the most notable thing I make about their relationship is a dick measuring contest. Mm-hmm. Very much this example, definitely in the first season, especially with the ball tag, <laughs> which is a very funny. In any other show, that bit would have gone on for the whole episode, but this show is above that. <laughs> so anyway, they have a very um, brotherly, sibling rivalry relationship, yeah. and like even though like. When they find Grog and, and Pike and Scanlan on like from Valora, he's the first thing he mentions is like, has is everyone noticed that Grog has gotten smaller? Or is that just me? But he's definitely like trying to prove that like you know he's a big like a stronger guy, even though obviously he's a giant. Vax, you're never gonna win that fight. I mean, maybe with the vestige, but now he has a thunder gauntlet, so. <laughs> Imagine yeah. collapsing the balls with those. Oh no! He'd explode <laughs> his testicles. <laughs> anyway, um, they're, they're also like another example. I of never this. agreed to this stupid game. I love that yeah. line. That's one of my favorite line deliveries. No, I think my favorite voice actor's like performance is definitely Vax's. He just has so many expressive, like, not even words. But like he just has a good job. He does a good job. Good, good job, job, Liam O'Brien. Yes, he does a good job in the book too. Okay, so um, another example is like when he when Vax is taken by um the vampires and then like Scanlan's like, don't you want to see Grog die at least? Like, oh my god, that's a good one. They really do have this rivalry. Like, what? Why can't you just stay to watch Grog die? It's very funny. Um, the giants too. 
Yeah. Where they're like, I mine fell first. I feel like that was a good uh, Black Scanlan Grog scene because it shows both brothers being bros. And they're also the idiots that got taken by the dragon, too. I feel like that draws a line between Percy and the rest of the boys. <laughs> the he, really he was the only guy who did not do that. There's an intelligence gap between Percy and the rest of the boys. Okay, um, next is Vax and Scanlan. Now, I think my favorite interaction with them is after Scanlan finds out about his daughter, and then he's talking about like following his destiny. But they also have some conflict because of... Scanlan's cowardice, and he's like, I would never run away. Why do you think you can just run away from this? And then, like, Scanlan's like, but I don't think we're gonna win this, so. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they, their relationship is interesting in season two because it's showing that they're, tr- Vax, they're both keep, or at least Vax is keeping him accountable for being good, being better than he should be. And I feel like that's very important relationship for Scanlan because he needs someone besides Pike to be like you need to be better and we need you you know also I just thinking about certain examples in my head but Max is like the one who like tolerates his sex jokes the most because he'll even like egg him on because like he's like when Scanlan makes the joke he's like I go out and beyond the gods intended to slap to death by a disgruntled pimp, and then he's like, "Nice." <laughs> well, it's the it's the again it's the brother relationship that they have, and I feel like, um, but going back to the season two, I really like their the change in the relationship. Um, obviously, Vax is going through a lot during the season, but he's still like he's like snap out of it. Like you, we know you're you're. You could do a lot of things. You just have to believe in yourself. Not saying in a saying in a way that Scanlan will actually respond to instead of just believe in yourself. You know, he's being. It's like tough love almost. And then at the end, when they um, make up, and he says, "Like I'm glad you didn't run." He's like, "I don't believe in all that matron crap, but I believe in you." And I feel like that was a very good line for Scanlan. When when Vax finds out about. Uh, his do- when he when he said like he's like I just found out I'm the matron of ravens and then he's like what is your problem and then he's like Gail's like I just found out I'm a dad and he's like uh you win <laughs> shocking news <laughs> yeah that was a good li- another good delivery because it was like uh, you win <laughs> he's like it's a both shock and also like I'm glad it's not me <laughs> yeah that's a good one. Okay, Vax and Percy is a very, obviously, Vax is not like Vex in that he doesn't interfere in their relationship at all. The interla- the relationship between Vex and Percy, he doesn't interfere at all. He doesn't even say anything really about any of it, even though he should because his sister is a hypocrite. But, also, um, I should have, I wanted, like, I would love to see his reaction to when he basically bluffs to their father like at least like bro respect or like what do you mean <laughs> like either or would be great but we don't really see his reaction to that he doesn't yeah he doesn't really have a reaction to that which is kind of interesting but so the thing the main thing about their relationship is percy is like this distant aloof i don't like anybody in this group 
kind of guy in the first season. And then obviously Vax is very loving and caring about everybody. And then they have like a switch. Vax doesn't necessarily stop caring about people, but he becomes more distant. And like Percy still remains like very caring and loving of everybody. And he stands, he's like, I, we're going to do this together. And then he's like, I don't know. Also, Percy tra- cracking jokes in this season. I love to see it. Also, I, I was like, do you see during the uh, Fae Realm, the first Fae Realm episode, I was like, seeing you smile like this is kind of uncomfortable, <laughs> but whatever. No, he's like happy and leading the group. It's very funny. It's a very change of character for him. It's like the most noticeable change in his character. But the conversation they had after the fight was interesting because it shows that even though we have to mention the elephant in the room. Uh, Percy murdered Vex. <laughs> I'm vexed by accident. Um, so that's their biggest rift in their relationship in season two. Um, he punches him, almost lights out. Um, I wouldn't blame him if he actually punched his lights <laughs> out. Because Percy was like trying to apologize and he really just should have shut the fuck up. Like he shouldn't have said anything. I mean, good of him that he wanted to apologize, but also, it's just like, you needed to stop talking. Yeah, you were going to get a punch in the face no matter how. You couldn't talk your way out of that punch. That was going to happen regardless. But anyways, even though he's still mad about it for a, a long time, which I totally get, um, even though I was sad to see Vax's personality changing so I mean, Vax's personality changing so much in season two, but um, trust me, I was more devastated than anyone in this room <laughs> um the the conversation they had in the fey realm was very interesting because it also it showed the difference their personality switch kind of and it also showed like vax is still open and willing to talk to percy about what he's going through and um it just shows that he still trusts him well, because he knows it wasn't on purpose, obviously, but he was just like, I'm sorry, please don't get and then <laughs> and then like, I'm sorry for murdering your sister, it was an oopsie. Yeah, for actually killing your sister, that's crazy. Remember, that was crazy, bro, and then <laughs> the best part is, though, is that um, <laughs> is that Vex completely forgives him and doesn't even like feel, isn't even like because she's happy to be alive i mean like i would be <laughs> i would i knew that she wasn't gonna be bad i knew that per vax was gonna be pissed but yeah i, I was shocked at how quickly she forgave him yeah, but yeah so that's vax and percy's relationship vex and scanlan i wrote i wrote down i said they are very li- annoying little brother older sister relationship Oh, yeah. And, like, the whole time, especially in season one, Vax, I mean, Scanlan is constantly like, wait, why does your plan get to be the bad? And then she's like, uh, cause shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, especially, like, like, when they originally start to, like, find out who's the dragon among the council, and he's like, he's like, wait, why do you get to make the decisions? And then she's like, cause I have a pair, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they have they have a very like even though Scanlan obviously knows he can never be the leader, it's it's still fun. Their their dynamic is very I just feel like to describe it in one word one sentence, it's l- annoying little brother, 
older sister who's fed up with this shit. And then, like, my, I think one of my favorite, like, moments is, like, when Scanlan, when Scanlan finally has something that she wants, mm-hmm. and that she's, like, she gets so pissed at, like, him being, like, oh, you want the flying broom? Well, you can't have it. And, um, speaking of the flying broom, we both agreed that we thought that she was gonna flash him eventually before the season was up it could still happen but i'm just saying it's less likely now but in a show with crazy characters that was a thing that we thought was gonna happen as their um agreement like you don't owe shit to scanlan it's probably gonna be a sexual thing (laughs) it was like it's scanlan it could literally be anything Yeah, so so as far as the show continues, Vex still owes Scanlan a favor of his choosing no questions asked. And she signed on that with Bear Piss, so she means that shit. Yeah, I feel like, though, because Scanlan's trying to get mature for Pike and his daughter, I feel like he's, um, it won't be that. It might be something else. But we were definitely like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Yeah, I was just like, when is that favor going to be cashed in? (laughs) Okay. So, the overall vibe of the group in general, friends, families, lovers included, is how this makes them feel like real people. In A good example of how their initial character dynamics are set up is Keelah in episode one gives a good summary about like how at least how she perceives the character dynamics after they get kicked out of the bar she's like vex and vax only care about themselves grog just wants to murder everyone percy barely wants to be seen with us in public and scanlan wants and then he clarifies that it's just to have sex with everybody so that's like how keyleth views everybody in like character dynamics but as the show goes on it reveals so much about how they all genuinely care about each other even though like sometimes they fight sometimes they are just i wouldn't consider it all like one big family because again three like six of them want to have sex with (laughs) each other i disagree i feel like i mean i feel like that makes it even more validated that they're a big family because before they see each other's lovers they're fighters they're friend, they're fans on the battlefield, and they trust each other to fight together. Especially during that fight scene from the 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 they're, when they're fighting all the giants episode, like it's the combo moves and stuff. It's like awesome. It's awesome to watch, and I feel like they are the seven, eight of them trinket that they're all one big happy family. They're friends who became a family, which I love in a good story. I think the best um, summary of how their relationships have blossomed and grown is the image that Scanlan thinks about in his head. Again, it's not real, but I think it's real. <laughs> it's real to me. Um, it's the closest image... thing we're going to get so far to the future. So it's an image that shows the whole group together in like a party setting. Again, it's it's Vex and Percy's wedding. That's that's what it is, okay? And it shows like all the characters together smiling and laughing. And it's very cute. It shows that the couples and just like them as friends overall. And it's very sweet. And it shows how not just that Scanlan pictures themselves all together for the rest of their lives and it's really cute. Really beautiful sentiment 
once you get over the shock factor of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what to say. But I, I can't, I can't stop looking at it though. I just, I love that image so. That's why I made a whole a ten minute video about why that was the best image to ever come out of the show. <laughs> I forgive them for everything I ever complained about the series. Every I, every dumb decision the characters ever made, I forgive it. I still don't forgive the lack of the dance scene between Keyleth and Vax that we could have had. I still wish that was. It's Ava, it's gonna be it's gonna be the new Chekhov's gun. If you show a gun in a movie, it eventually has to be shot. This is gonna be that. It's gonna happen eventually, just not when we wanted it to. I forgive them for everything. Whatever. I just think that. This show has one of the most complex web of character dynamics I've ever seen in a show. And it's always two seasons. They've only established this over two seasons. It's very, very good, especially with seven characters. It's very interesting how they did that. Yeah, they they pace out the character relationships so well. Like, even, like, even though, like, everyone wants to see the relationship, the romantic relationships, but they pace out, they make sure at least every character... Um, speaks, which is really hard, especially when you only have so many episodes. Like, I feel like that's the one complaint I have about season two of Inside Job. Like, they failed that magnificently with the like giving characters episodes and stuff. But like, it. But they and Vox Machina has more characters, but yet they're still able to progress the story perfectly and progress the characters' relations to each other. Like, I don't know how they do it. Like, it's unreal how well they balance comedy and seriousness and fantasy and the characters and the lore and the plots and the there's even easter eggs like of other characters that they have i'll show you that video later um but yeah they they perfectly pace out these relationships and everything it's just balanced like unreal how well they balance all of it i agree (laughs) um no, that was a really good point. I um that these characters feel very realistic because of the dynamics that they have. Like they're not caricatures. They're not like just oh, we need to have every character talk, so we're just gonna make them say something stupid or like bullshit. But they, it doesn't feel like that. All the dialogue feels like real people. All the dial, all the characters feel like real, like people you could actually know in real life, even though it's such a out there fantasy world. It really is a drama, and I love that. I was nodding. You can't hear that. <laughs> you can't see the nodding. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> she was waiting for my reaction. I just started nodding. Is that it? I don't know. Like that was all the talking points. So this is a very structured episode. <laughs> I told you we needed a script. <laughs> it's not a script so much as it's a bunch of talking points, which is not better than a script because it gives you opportunity to talk. I know. Yeah, but we um, forgot about stuff to talk about last time. What the fuck is up with that stupid kid with the green eyes who's pissed at Grog for some reason? I, she pointed this out to me earlier, and I still I don't get it at all. It's very weird considering everything in the show is very. And that's the fucking season premiere. So what the hell is up with that? 
Yeah, it is kind of weird. I was a little bit like, uh, Julia wanted to point out to me that quick rant about this specific weird second of a scene. <laughs> I, there's no way we could stretch it out into an episode. Um, Julia wanted to point out to me that it looks like, um, looks like a Keyleth Vax child, and I'm just like, it's obviously not, I know that for a fact, but Julia's like, but, 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 and then I'm just like, I get it's a weird scene, but like, let me speak for myself. (laughs) I know it's not, and I feel like why would Rog see that if it was like not real? The kid says nothing. She's just pissed off. I have no idea why. And that's the only thread I could make. That she has bright green eyes and dark hair. Okay. (laughs) No, it's just like so weird. Um, It's weird. Julia, I think the only reason why that kid is mad is because she called her a tough tyke, and her home just got destroyed, so I don't think she's going to be in the best mood. I mean, but it's not even like it was those other kids that they drew attention to, like, with that cat Keyleth. Corbly Keyleth was like, we're your parents. <laughs> That's not nice. But, like, she's like, come on, Keyleth. Um... She's just trying to. Do it her was job. like even those kids they brought up again later, and they were showing them like they were like spy on them, and it was cute. But this kid is like, we never saw this kid before. It's an enigma. It's an unanswered question. It's a really it's a detail that was put in the series premiere for no reason. I don't know. What for to tell you. for now, no reason. I think if anyone's gonna see into the future, it's Vax at this point. Yeah, because of his powers. Oh, speaking of that, now I was looking at the. By the way, this is Fox Park is one of the shows that I don't skip the opening credits. Um, I was studying the Raven thing with the. Sorry, I was studying the Raven thing with the Golden Lions and like how often the Golden Lions appear in the opening, and it just was like thinking about it. Yeah, they really did foreshadow the Raven Queen in the very opening theme. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about because now it's like their fates are all intertwined. It's very cool. Very cool detail that they and that they're following the character in the show in the opening. It shows they're like every time they see the line come, they're following it, which is really cool symbolism. So if that if now that Vex has officially like tapped into the power of the matron of Ravens, it's. Very, very likely, likely that, that he will have visions of the future, and what that means for him, like, if it's a bad thing, or it's a good thing, or whatever, maybe it's a neutral thing, he just sees, like, some random guy taking a shit, we don't know, but... But why would Grog see that random angry child? I still have no idea, and it's bothering me that I rewatched it, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm also still trying to figure out if, um, Keeper Gannon's dead or not. I think, I think she's, she's dead. dead. I don't think she is because the wiki hasn't confirmed it. <laughs> and the wiki is the Bible. 
I think Keeper, I think the dragon killed Keeper Yenin, took her place, and now... We, yeah, we but are... if she do, if she wanted to work with Vox Machina, that's like the quickest way to make enemies of Vox Machina. <laughs> I don't think she's tied up in the basement. She's tied up in the basement. She's tied up in the dungeon, but you know they have a great dungeon down there. <laughs> Whitestone, they have a great dungeon. <laughs> Comes the lights, so yeah. You put that on a bed, baby. Oh my god! Uh, I cracked myself up. My phone just fell. <laughs> just got off topic. Yeah, because you're the one who wanted to put more minutes in this podcast. <laughs> because we barely crossed the hour mark, and I know that when I edit down our lulls in the conversation, who cares? I listen to thirty minute long podcasts. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Questions that will be answered hopefully soon. Or maybe never, like the fucking si- the fucking necklace sign that they wear that's brought up again. I wouldn't care so much if it wasn't brought up again, but it is. Mm-hmm. Answers, <laughs> questions that will never be answered. That kid will probably never be answered. <laughs> it is gonna bother the hell out of me. It's not on the Dorola Press. It's not like here's a here's a necklace that's important to my. Culture. Maybe the animators just wanted to draw a diamond shape. It's a star, and they forgot. <laughs> they just forgot that person was wearing that necklace, <laughs> or or they drew Vex first, and they're like, "Oh wait, this show has no coincidence." <laughs> so then, why is the kid a coincidence all of a sudden? I didn't say it was a coincidence. I just say I don't have any explanation. Just saying, first Grog was holding a magical sword at the time. <laughs> Okay. All I'm saying is that's the only conclusion I can draw. Um, so that's our rant about character dynamics slash random topic. <laughs> do you want? Why do I have to end that? <laughs> Julia, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you want Why do I always have to end things? Because my computer literally just died. Because it's supposed to be a desktop, but it's not. Then why isn't it plugged in? Because the charger literally weighs five pounds. <laughs> okay. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, I hope you tune in next time on Determined. The recording didn't delete. No, it didn't. It didn't, Julia. <laughs> Thank you for watching the episode, and we will see you next time.